This week's comment, Three's a Crowd, by Amy Davidson, from The New Yorker magazine, October 17, 2016. Last Wednesday, Neil Cavuto of Fox News offered Gary Johnson, the former governor of New Mexico and the libertarian presidential nominee, a scenario. Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are in a boat, and they both fall overboard. Who are you going to save? Cavuto asked. Instead of considering the question, Johnson collapsed into giggles, as though the prospect of both candidates flailing in the water while he watched was the funniest thing he'd heard in a while. Well, America will be saved, he said. Johnson was on Fox, in part, to refute reports that his running mate, William Weld, the former governor of Massachusetts, might be taking a more sober view. The day before, Weld had told the Boston Globe that Trump now has his full attention owing to the singular awfulness of his foreign policy positions. The Globe, buttressed by sources close to Weld, took this to mean that he would focus exclusively on ensuring that Trump would not be president. Follow-up reports in other publications worked on the assumption that Weld was, in effect, giving up on his own running mate and endorsing Clinton. After all, the Johnson-Weld ticket is polling at about 7% nationally, and Weld has previously said that he is not sure anybody is more qualified than Clinton to be president. And if Trump's reckless comments about America's place in the world weren't enough to persuade him, then surely those of his running mate were. Weld must have been mortified, the thinking went, when Johnson drew a blank after being asked about the besieged Syrian city of Aleppo, then followed that by calling his failure to come up with the name of a single foreign leader he admired an Aleppo moment. Johnson has since looked into the tragedy of that city and decided that it is kind of Clinton's fault. Still, logic is a poor tool for analyzing political speech in this election. Johnson quickly told the Times that Weld had merely suggested a division of labor in which he, Johnson, would focus on Hillary. Weld, in turn, said that he wasn't campaigning for anyone but himself and Johnson and would continue to strive to break up what he called the two-party duopoly. In an interview on Fox Business News, he said, This is a year when voters looking at the two establishment parties are thinking, I'm watching a scary movie and I can't change the channel. Well, you can change the channel. As if having tired of the finalists on The Celebrity Apprentice, one could simply switch to Shark Tank and be done with it, tuning out the White House and the world. Nor would Weld concentrate, as had also been suggested, on solidly red states where he wouldn't harm Clinton's electoral college chances. Last Friday, he campaigned in Maine and New Hampshire, where the polls show only a couple of points separating Trump and Clinton, and where more than 10% of likely voters favor the libertarian ticket. There are, in fact, 11 states where the difference between Trump and Clinton is less than the sum of likely voters who say that they support either Johnson Weld or Jill Stein, the Green Party candidate, and her running mate, Ajamu Baraka, who are at about 2.5% in the polls. Johnson is on the ballot in all 50 states, Stein in 44. In Florida, for example, Clinton has a narrow lead in a head-to-head -head contest with Trump, which diminishes when the contest is polled as a four-way race. In 2000, Al Gore officially lost Florida to George W. Bush by 537 votes. 
Ralph Nader, the Green candidate, got almost 100,000 votes there. Beyond the electoral math, with Trump preemptively alleging that if he loses, it will likely be the result of cheating, the popular vote may matter a great deal in terms of securing the winner's mandate. Yet many Americans consider their votes to be meaningless because they see the major parties as members of the same corporate oligarchy or as big government enemies of individual freedoms or the candidates as generic self-serving politicians. Something has gone deeply awry in the financing and the functioning of our electoral process, but one cannot imagine a more destructive embodiment of that breakdown than a President Trump. Senator Bernie Sanders, no stranger to the concept of duopolies, has demonstrated in the past few months that it is possible to resist the lure of the sort of political narcissism that disguises itself as purity. Last Thursday, in a speech to the...